What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of After Bravo. I have C from the After Bravo Instagram account joining me on the pod today to give her views on Bravo and its fandom from another person of color's perspective. We dive into the complexities of Crystal's representation as a person of color from the Asian sector, feeling seen as a black person in the Bravo audience, maturing as a content creator in the fan base, and so much more. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. Hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking my call. (laughs) Oh, Friday. When did you fall in love with reality TV? I think I've been a reality junkie since about Tiffany Pollard. Oh, very nice. I think years of growing up on uh, Jerry Springer and Maury kind of set the tone for what we have now on Bravo. Very much so. I totally agree with that. What's the moment, the episode, or the season that you knew that you had to create content about Bravo or reality TV in general? I think when Married to Medicine came to Bravo, I really felt like that was a great representation. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start my platform. I started posting like pictures and stories from there. And then I started branching out to different, different uh, franchises that were in Bravo. Okay. So that was the beginning of that. Nice. How did you come up with the name? After Bravo. I was so surprised I actually got that. Because I know they used to have the after show after Watch What Happens Live. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me go over here quick and see if this is still available. They had After Bravo, so I snatched that up. Very nice. What's your ultimate goal as a content creator? I've worked with different people in different genres. I've worked with like comedians I've worked doing promotion for businesses and I feel like there are so many points of view that people have when it comes to social media so I wanted to get in there I wanted to just share opinions with people where most of the time we're so afraid to have conversations like if you see it it's out there let's just talk about it How's the Bravo fandom em- it, it embrace your content? So far, it's been positive. I haven't really had any negative feedback. I know some of the Bravo fans can get a little vicious, but 
personally, I've never dealt with it. Have you gotten a chance to spark the, the conversations that you were looking to when you were inspired to create your page? So far, absolutely. I don't feel like any, anything I've posted has offended anyone. And I don't feel like anyone feels like they can't speak their mind on my page. So, so far, what, so good. What were some of those conversations? We had conversations about people's feelings towards comments made on the show. We've had a lot of controversies with the husbands on Bravo. So when it comes to relationship issues, if people feel like a husband maybe crossed the line with the way they speak to women, people don't feel uncomfortable speaking about those dynamics. I assume that you and correct me if I'm wrong, I assume you're a person of color, correct? Yes. As a woman of color, do you feel seen, considered, and protected by this network and the production companies that create these shows? Seen? Sure. Mm-hmm. Protected? Um, I'll just reference Andy Cohen's apology for Garcelle in the last reunion. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not protected. They're aware. I mean, they're doing more now to acknowledge the fact that they're not doing more but it's still not at the place where it needs to be did you have any apprehension as a person of color focusing your content on a predominantly white and more than occasionally racist fan base like housewives not at all i am i am a valley girl (laughs) through and through so i am used to being like the black friend so when it comes to speaking in crowds where I am definitely the minority, I have no issue. Where are you from originally? New York. Okay. Because okay. I totally had that experience growing up in North Carolina and Georgia being the black friend. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. What well, defines in a... Oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no go ahead. Oh. I'm used to being the person that has to speak up also. So I'm not the black friend that's like the whitewashed black friend. I might sound like it sometimes. But I've been having these conversations from elementary school with my friends telling me that they think BT is racist. So that's not, if I can deal with that in fourth grade, fifth grade, I can deal with Bravo fans now. Absolutely. Sounds like you're more than qualified. <laughs> to you what defines or rather what's the difference between a controversial housewife or reality star versus a problematic one I feel like when you can't read the room that's when you become problematic Mm -hmm. like during a Potomac reunion when the girls were trying to speak to Candace about the way she would talk to them Mm -hmm. her response instead of taking it in was just to tell them this this is how black people talk to each other this is how we joke with each other like you become problematic when you can't take in the criticism and just adjust that's something we also get with uh, Ramona Singer constantly problematic when people try to address the issue with her instead of taking in what she's saying it's automatically an attack she shuts down and then it's on to the next topic 
we can't get anywhere when we do that. I completely agree with you. What defines an unpopular opinion for you? Today's society is real easy to tell because they'll they'll come and tell you. They'll be in your your mentions. They'll be in your DMs. Mm-hmm. Group consensus is really popular, so almost every comment now is <laughs> goes against the group group consensus. I can see that. Which Based is one on of the reasons. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but it's one of the reasons why with the housewives is so difficult to get them out of trouble because people bring the issue directly to them where you could address it and move on and usually the biggest problems come when they ignore people trying to give them the advice that they need I agree with that it reminds me of the time when Kyle said that she learned that her sister Kim's addiction wasn't a personal attack on her from the fans on social media. Mm-hmm. It greatly surprised me because I was like, well, that was a pretty selfish perspective to have in the first place, one. And then two, I was like, I didn't realize that they were actually paying this much attention to the fans. Like, that's kind of when I realized, oh, they're at, some of these women are actually cluing in and paying attention. Yeah, I can definitely say Kyle is one who benefited from acknowledging her fan base, acknowledging the people who are coming to her, because I don't feel like anyone was attacking her. They genuinely wanted her to understand, especially with such a harsh topic like addiction. It's like, if you could see it from the other person's point of view, you wouldn't be so hurt. 100%. Now, based on your definition, what's been your most popular, your most unpopular piece of content or exchange about reality TV? When people were attacking Garcelle's kids online, some of the comments that I would make on other people's pages, I would get a lot of backlash. And I stand behind what I said completely. They wanted me to take back certain comments I made about Kyle's daughter when she was getting attacked. And while I agree that nobody's kids should have to deal with this, these are adults who signed these contracts to be on TV, I still agree that Kyle's daughter could come offline and that is my main point she could come off social media and not see what people were saying there is no defense to a grown woman Erica speaking to Garcelle's son the way she did there's no way for him to log off from a grown woman being in his face so I stand behind what I said that it's unfortunate but at least she had the opportunity to walk away from it he didn't have the opportunity to walk away from it I completely agree with that do you feel that Andy holds more responsibility to be more involved in the counteraction of these types of things happening on these shows being that he sits at the head of the production table as he says absolutely and I think it's more important for him because people know a lot about his life they know about his background personally I was offended by Erica using the F word during the last reunion so I want to see all the housewives be more accountable for how they speak to people the effects that their words are going to have on other people because Mm -hmm. if if she were quoting Kathy and say she called someone the N word 
she wouldn't be so confident to say that in front of the crowd. I 100% agree with you. But she felt way too confident dropping that F word. So I feel like Andy definitely needs to step up. He should represent himself, represent any group that he's attached himself to. And knowing that they've been hurt, he should acknowledge where other groups We've had issues with Crystal. We've had issues with Garcelle. So he understands what it what it's like to be part of the bigger group and part of the smaller group. Why do you think she felt so comfortable using the word faggot on national television? And how far do you think she is from accidentally slipping and saying the N-word in the scene? Honestly, the way she felt so comfortable saying it, I didn't think Kathy said it. I thought she said it. And I don't I believe that you would repeat such an offensive term even if you're saying that you heard someone say it you would use a letter you wouldn't just say the whole word I feel like that was how she felt and it came from her so I think she should be held accountable for saying it and unless there's some kind of proof they said that they did an HR investigation that shows that Kathy they have no proof that Kathy did say it so I'm more inclined to believe that just came from her somehow why do you think white people like Erica feel the need to try to compliment Black people's children by saying they're well-spoken and well-behaved? I think they think we're too stupid to realize what they're actually saying. Mm. And then they know if we do say something about it, like Garcelle was saying, we're going to look like the crazy ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, just hit them with an underhanded compliment. They have no choice but to take it, and then they move on with their day. I don't appreciate it either i speak about it all the time <laughs> i don't think I anybody would look at like dorit's kids and be like oh my goodness your kids look so clean like you don't talk about a person's child like that we know what you're saying by using those words in a compliment speaking of dorit how do you feel about dorit trying to personify her connection with people of color by saying basically the only people of color that her children know are people that work for her. I think she felt every toe on her foot as it went in her mouth (laughs) when she was sitting on that couch. It was such a cringeworthy moment. And it's one of those moments where people really need to watch themselves. Because I don't think that she thought of it as a racist comment. But when you're so comfortable and it slips like that, that's when you need to start checking yourself. And I'm happy that they called her out immediately because you can't you can't call them to help and also call them your friend. Exactly. You have to know someone outside of the people who work for you. It's very Kelly Osbourne. Especially when you don't personify. It's especially when you're trying to pacify this point by saying they're your friends, but you introduce them in the context of this conversation as the help. Exactly just saying how do you feel about crystal kung minkoff right now i'm not a fan i'm Mm -hmm. not a fan of her i feel like if you're going to be on reality tv you have to fully accept that before you get in front of the camera and i don't think she accepted it before she got on the show so we kept dealing with her bringing out issues but then she didn't want to talk about it then you bring up another issue then you don't want to talk about it like as a viewer, that's terrible TV. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to connect to her as a person, as a viewer, 
if she gives you half a story and then it shuts you off. But she's very emotional about the piece that she does give. Right. Do you feel like that's genuinely her contributing to the conversation or do you feel like that's her manipulating trigger words and trigger phrases and and manipulating her experience to try to channel sympathy from the people she's in conversation with? I think she's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Because I've experienced that being the outsider in a predominantly white area. A lot of times when you vocalize your feelings, you feel uncomfortable, almost as if by saying how you feel, you're putting somebody else down. So I do understand that she might feel that apprehension when she gives her feelings to the crowd and they don't take it the way that she wants them to take it. But I also agree that if you do feel that way, you can't be a character on reality television. Like you have to be, you have to be able to overcome your fear a little bit more than what she's what she's done so far. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see her progressing to the point where she's going to be a valuable cast member. How much do you feel like Crystal has has experienced racism in real life? I don't think she's really experienced. I want to say this in the best way possible. You're in a safe space. There are no wrong answers here. Yeah, I feel like she has experiences being uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she's ever had an experience with direct in-your-face racism. Just from the way she expresses herself, I don't feel like she's ever had that in her background. I agree with you. Crystal gives me a person who learned about racism on Twitter and who can connect to an experience of racism because she can identify as a person of color, but I don't feel like she's ever experienced personal racism in her life because of the hyperfixation she puts on such trivial things surrounding race. I feel like she truly minimizes the real conversation or she invalidates the real conversation that needs to happen around race personally I mean I have I've had friends I've had friends who were adopted into white families they're Mm -hmm. the only Korean in the household Mm -hmm. so I know what it's like for that person and I didn't hear her express anything that sounded similar to that Mm -hmm. also when she would speak on comments being dark when you really experience racism you know what you're doing when you say things like that Right. You know how people are going to take it. And I feel like if you have experience in your life, then you were definitely trying to set something up by quoting her that way and setting up the story the way she did on the show. I agree with that, which is why I formed the conclusion that I have. Because if, if we're going to go with she didn't know that she was positioning Sutton in a way to appear directly racist on national television, then I have no other choice but to believe that you've had no real experience with racism before and and you didn't realize how that was going to go. Even though they told you the entire season and you got to the reunion and you, and you contradicted yourself, 
because you blatantly said the whole season she said something dark and she said something problematic and then when Kyle called you when they had the reunion and asked you did you want them to believe that she said something racist you said she never said anything specifically dark yet what you took from the conversation and your experience of her from that conversation was dark and problematic those are two completely different things and I feel like Crystal has a really bad history of conflating two things that are completely separate as the same thing to try to make what she wants you to believe sound more palatable. I agree. Because there's no way you can't understand what that dark comment would do. But she was quick to defend Diane, Diana, when she made the comment about Black content creators. And, oh, I spoke with Diana and I, I got her to understand what that meant and why it was taken as racist. Like, how could you be so understanding in this situation, but you can't be understanding to how you're making Sutton look? Or how can you understand the severity of... Just like, for me, the other example that I use is when she tries to conflate the two experiences of when people said that they were violated, and she tries to conflate... That was wild. That was wild to me. Like, you can't sit here and say that Sutton bringing you your jacket is the same thing as Kyle's actual safety being put in jeopardy. And here's the thing with Crystal for me. She can make a point, and I can agree with it, and then she can ruin it when she puts the extra shit on it. Absolutely. Because it's like, like, I'm with... You tried. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but it's like, you tried with the comparison. And the part that was driving me even crazier, she's sitting next to Dorit. So we have next two to women who have actually been violated. They have property that they can't get back. Even mm-hmm. worse, Kyle has people sending her pictures of her stuff, basically taunting her about whether Trying she's to extort her for money. Right? And you're telling them that you were both violated on the same level? Absolutely not. This that is exactly what I mean. Her children and a gun to her head. That is not anywhere close to what you dealt with then on top of that like you sit here and say which this is the moment that completely pissed me off and it just sent me over the edge I actually did an open letter on on my podcast to Crystal Kung Ming Golf and then I did another one the next week to Andy Cohen but when she sat here and said that requesting Michael Jackson music is problematic that was problematic. Thank you. I need her to Thank you. That statement in itself is problematic. As a person who it listen, as a black person, that was extremely problematic. In the name of Emmett Till, that was problematic. Thank you. And then if you want to take it to Housewives, in the name of Candy Burris, that was problematic. <laughs> I mean, we're going to take someone, you're going to call him problematic. Like, you didn't see the Broadway show? Like, he got canceled and brought right back. So I don't know what it is she's speaking on. I don't know if she has a court document that I haven't seen. But She literally sat here and said, because he was accused of something, he deserves to be canceled. So because somebody has accusations, they deserve to be canceled. So therefore, you're saying that somebody is does not deserve the due process of a court trial. You're saying that nobody deserves to be 
um, considered to not be guilty until they're proven guilty. Like, mm-hmm. what are you I trying can't to trust say? her because that's where the privilege is. Like, what that sounds like a whole lot of privilege coming out. Like, we should. This is why I say I fun. feel like. This is why I feel like she's only experienced racism on Twitter and she's only read about it on Twitter. And she feels like, oh, because I'm technically a person of color, I can conflate all of these issues and make it such a big thing. Like to me, if you really experience racism, if you really know racism, you're not gonna sit here and make such a big deal about a woman saying that girls of different races being 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 in a jacuzzi is a good thing. Such a problem there was no way for her to take that comment and we all waited for her to add something to it maybe there was a piece that was left off the show but she kept repeating the same part about the kids in the pool like in no way shape or form is that racist or dark it's ignorant but it's not fucking problematic it's not racist it's not an issue if anything it's just unnecessary it's like girl like the problem is is that you felt the need that that you had to say that yes, that's and the if issue with that. that that would have been fine because telling your white friend that you don't need to list all the races you've seen in your life to relate to me sure but don't call that a dark comment it's fine thank you and then to sit here and get your ass on a reunion after sitting here saying the entire season she said she said she said and then get to the reunion and say my experience my experience my experience it's like this is and then when we sympathize with you in fact she basically sympathized with her and then oh no she apologized to me it's all fine it's all swept under the rug it's like then what did you bring it up on camera for why are you making this a big thing why because you don't want to look like the bad person on camera you're willing to defend yourself by throwing somebody completely under the bus to, to the point of of conflating something to a completely higher level than it has to be if, instead of just owning the fact that Garcelle called you on the fact that no matter what Sutton said you were going to stick to the fact that she was that girl for saying that she doesn't see color and to you, me her reaction means that that is true because she's still not letting it go so you are that girl everything she you you know what parents tell their kids when they're like when you tell a lie you got to tell another lie to 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 cover that up and then another lie to to cover that up and then another lie to cover that up that's exactly what crystal's doing it's like she just says oh well this was dark so so you know that's the problem or um you said that i'm gonna call her for anything so i'm gonna say she said said something dark then when they say say what it is say what it is so problematic i don't want to repeat it then when they air what what the conversation was and then she goes and watch what happens live then she tries to switch it and say well it wasn't that it was something else that she said that was even worse that was so problematic but she won't say what it is then when she gets to the reunion and she's asked directly do you want us to believe she said something racist now you backpedal all the way back and say she never said anything directly or specifically that was dark or problematic. It was her experience walking away from the conversation. Listen, I used to be a stripper. I ain't never seen pussy popping like that in my life. Ever. I, she had to bring something. She had no storyline. She had no purpose on Bravo. So she she didn't pay life. attention Let's to Jenny Wayne definitely did not 
she tried to flip one comment back and forth to see if it could be a storyline it's not then she tried to speak on her eating disorder for an awkward second and that never landed so then she once again tried to relate to her and I, I tried to as well I was hoping she actually said something spoke about treatment but she went nowhere with it went to a therapist on camera something or at least googled a therapist on camera there was a girl one of the Jersey housewives I believe Jen Jackie 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 mm-hmm. I feel like an eating disorder is a very serious issue and I honestly don't appreciate the way that Crystal went about talking about her issue yeah I feel like if you have one if you have money and the access to get yourself help you should always take it because there are a lot of people who don't have those options available and I feel like as a mother there is no way that she's arguing with the other women on the cast when they show concern like if I have children and I see a grown adult who won't eat I'm going to say something about it especially when you're posting about it on social media yeah you can't you can't do that it's that's triggering for a lot of people and she's not even taking into account how she's making people feel by putting that information out there and telling them that she's not getting help with no trigger warning and then on top of that you're just throwing that out there as a part of your personal journey where this is an open forum like we get that this is your personal instagram page but this is also something that we can just casually scroll upon in our time feed without going to your actual page it's mm-hmm. not like it's a personal blog where like we have to go to your website type in crystalkungmingoff.com and then go and read your actual blog this this is something that can just be pumped to us throughout an algorithm so for you to just post this on an open forum and not give any type of trigger warning once again problematic exactly as somebody who struggled with bulimia that's problematic as fuck one i sympathize with you i hope you are actually able to deal with this issue and i really do feel like the way she went about speaking on it was borderline like offensive like you can't put that especially the people on the cast are you're sitting with mothers you're sitting with caring humans people who are trying to relate to you that's like me telling someone i'm a drug addict but i don't want to get help right and then out with you then you're calling them gossipy for talking about it yet you're posting it on social media for a public forum and expect like so because they didn't rally around you and try to you know make you feel good about yourself and they did they did but because they now had (laughs) now because they had a separate conversation about it while you weren't in the room now all of a sudden it's gossipy but you're posting it on social media and you're openly admitting hey I'm not trying to get treatment like that is wild to me like you're not considering anybody else on the entirety of the internet that may be struggling with this that follows you or she's not considering them she's not considering the people who might feel like that is a hazard to her kids like what if someone called cps on you because they feel like because of your eating habits you might project that you could be influencing that onto your children right like you don't want that backlash so don't put that out there unless you're actively doing something to help yourself 
this is what I mean by Crystal doesn't think about the statements that she does. She doesn't think this stuff all the way through where like she'll just think at, she's very reactionary in the thought that like she'll do something to, to, to try to get out of that moment. But she doesn't understand that people remember it once the moment's over. Yes. And it's going to come back again. She is not ready for reality TV. Because you have to be I, accountable for something you said three minutes ago, ten minutes ago, ten months ago. She forgets mm-hmm. what she said ten seconds ago. That she forget what she tweets. She forgets what she put on her own Instagram. She forget what she says out of her own mouth. So it's like you can't hold other people accountable when you're never accountable. That's how you get like Lisa Renner. <laughs> that part. How do you? What makes a great housewife to you? I feel like the greatest housewives know the boundaries for Bravo. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's a boundary between the cast and production, and they don't cross that line. Like I want to watch a show, I don't want to feel, I don't want to hit that fourth wall. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you need to stay present in what you're doing and consistently interacting with all the cast members. I don't think that you should exclude yourself. Like Nini and Kenya, that moment where Nini wouldn't lean in for the hug, she just kind of gave her a shoulder. It's like that's that's good TV. You don't have to exclude yourself from being around the girl. Mm-hmm. Interact in your own way. So I feel like right. that's that's top notch. Like you, if you're comfortable with who you are, you're not gonna hide. You're not gonna. I'm not feeling with this person. I'm not feeling with that person. You're gonna provide every season, no matter who they throw at you. Like Teresa Judice very true because I was never a fan of Jackie on their franchise and I feel Mm -hmm. like Teresa made the best with what she had to work with and I don't feel like a lot of the other housewives would have been able to do that I feel like they would either ignore the girl or just try to befriend her quickly so they didn't have to deal with any back and forth with her but Teresa stayed exactly who she was dealt with her how she wanted to deal with her and now they just moved on because the girl has no if you could give a current housewife a spinoff right now who would it be now that Tardy for the party is canceled and Kim is going into foreclosure the other way to start (laughs) (laughs) eight long years I've been waiting but I would enjoy I mean, it would be odd, but I would really enjoy Ashley Darby. Mm. I think her whole... I think the way that she lives her life is not traditional. Mm-hmm. And I think if she was outside of her cast, we'd be able to really explore her lifestyle instead of kind of watching it and watching her cast members judge her. I agree. Because... That whatever she did to get with Michael like they clearly have a whole lifestyle system going on and I would like to see what that is like without judgment and especially now seeing her trying to unravel that because she yeah, was a mother yeah I like mother. seeing her with her family this season mm-hmm. we saw her brother we've seen her dynamic with her mother I feel like they would give a good like whole cast story where they have multiple people to follow who are not cast members at all and then I want to see is like her choice in sexual proclivities was her wanting to put that down really because she was a mother or 
or was it because she no longer wanted to engage in that lifestyle with Michael? I'm now that she's a single woman. I'm feeling I, like she's just not into that lifestyle with Michael. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you have a way out, then you should take that. Because there was, you know, like the, the butt grabbing, there were things that he was doing that was clearly outside of whatever agreement they had going on. Right. So I would like to see whatever she's got going on outside of just everything outside of that. I feel like her whole lifestyle is interesting. Do you think that the reason why it took Ashley so long to allege it, well, she hasn't left Michael yet. She's still living with him. So do you think it took her so long to come up with this divorce storyline that she's faking this season because they have or had this alternative marriage lifestyle that they had curated for themselves and instead of throwing Michael completely under the bus and saying like yeah we do this or like we have that or like we we like have an arrangement on this his sexual interests are this outside of our marriage do you think that she kept trying to like hold him down but because he kept doing shit like outside of the situation or maybe not even outside of the situation because they're on camera and because he doesn't necessarily want all of his interests put out there like maybe him being interested in men which is why he was sending men nudes over down to the London back in the day Mm -hmm. blah 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 maybe like instead of like because she can't pull the lid all the way back is that why like they've been going through this whole thing on the show do you get what I'm trying to say I get you. I feel like the show wasn't the place for them, but Ashley is good TV, so fortunately she did end up a cast member. But I think when you have a non-traditional lifestyle and you couple that with the tradition of getting married, they're going to have a harder time breaking that apart than what I would see as a traditional couple. Because they have their finances linked in certain ways outside of how a traditional couple would be linked he was more of a provider for her so now we see her trying to buy a house with him while she's getting divorced so I feel like they have a whole lot more bells and whistles going on in their relationship so it's not mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy to work I don't think it is either I don't think she this is another reason why I feel like outside of the judgment of the cast we would get a better story from her because mm-hmm. I feel like she has a good explanation for why she wants to get a house with Michael. But I don't feel like she can express that to them, especially when you have Giselle barking down her throat that you need to leave him. You don't do like you, they're not giving her a chance to explain herself. Right. If, the, you might not like the answer, but at least give her a chance to give you her answer. Yeah, because like I was all with Ashley. I was like, listen I could like I gave her an out I was like listen I can understand how people want to establish a home for their two kids so that they don't have to uproot them and shuffle them from house to house and do all of that so maybe they're gonna plant the children in one house and then come then like go back and forth week on and week off as parents moving into the house but then it was like it keeps getting questionable when all of a sudden you getting coochie craving and then it's like a year later almost and you're still living with Michael like that's weird 
but and then on top of that not even that you still live with him is weird it's the fact that you're full-blown saying you're getting a divorce and you have not not retained a lawyer you have not filed paperwork you haven't kid your ass down to the courthouse nor to the welfare and did nothing as far as proceeding an actual dissolution of marriage that's so downside for me with Ashley, where I feel like she was genuinely, and this is not a shot at her at all, I feel like she was genuinely the type of woman who was taken care of by her husband. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even though she wants the divorce, in reality, she doesn't know what steps to take. I don't feel mm-hmm. like she knows who to hire, how to hire. Not to say that she's dumb. It's mm-hmm. more ignorant to those steps and because she doesn't know how and the people around her are so pushy, I feel like that's what's slowing her down. Yeah, and it's like, girl, like... I feel like she needs to ask Karen because Karen would have her hooked up with a lawyer in two seconds so she could feel comfortable going to her. I feel like Karen would help her get out of her divorce the way she wants to. Who she needs to go to is Sharif. Who she needs to go to is Sharif. Who she needs to go to to a Sharice because Sharice got the Shawnee O'Neal package (laughs) when she split up with her husband she got the Shawnee O'Neal going Uh, uh, okay honey she got a full blown severance package honey she She out here like the Bezos (laughs) right she got that Ivanka money bitch she was not out here playing Cha Cha was not bullshitting around okay she need to call Sharice and be like and then on top of that she ain't got no beef with Sharice so that's what I'm saying like that's why it perplexes me because you want to ride with with Ashley but then she does shit that makes you look at her crazy as hell because I get you're uninformed yeah it's like I get that you're uninformed because you're a kept woman I get that that would have that would have worked at face value in 2001 right but however, in 2022, in the era of social media, if you can get your ass up and shake your ass on TikTok, you can Google a divorce lawyer. If you can sit here and pop your pussy down to the Summer House boys, down to the BravoCon, you can ask Sharice about a divorce lawyer. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I completely get you. Those cravings was exactly what I thought when I heard it. I feel like she knows this person to be her provider if she's mm-hmm. comfortable there so you felt like she needed a little money that, I feel like she's just comfortable with the agreement she made with Michael and she knows that once she actually goes forward and gets the divorce she's going to have to figure everything out she's going to have to figure out her bills and I don't think that she wants to I think she's comfortable with him taking care of that for her so I feel like she's trying to figure out how she can get a divorce and keep the husband so how do you so wait a minute so you think she's trying to be Braun with Wyndham okay wait a minute this done gone left how, I think so she what wants, so do you think she, she just didn't take the storyline out I don't think she thought divorce out cause I feel like she trying to give a Braun a Braun with Wyndham tease cause Braun tried this shit too Braun was saying listen here I, I, I'm gonna be a lesbian I don't want no dick from you I don't like you like that. Exactly, but I'm we don't go together no more. But we not divorcing. We gonna stay in the same house, and you gonna pay all these bills, and you gonna help me raise all seven of these children that you done put up in me, and we gonna figure this thing out. But we not divorcing each other. 
but I'm just not going to be with you because I like women's and I don't like men's no more and I'm delivered from my heterosexuality. I think Ashley is trying to get delivered from Michael, <laughs> but she's like, just stay with the check. All I'm check, saying is this shit blew up kids. in Bronwyn's face too. Oh, I feel like it's going to blow up in Ashley's face too, but I see what she's trying to do. I see what she's trying to do, but I'm like, girl, if that was the case, you should have just went balls to the walls with holding Michael down and been like, listen, we have an alternative relationship. We have an open marriage. We have a full Michael Blackston and whatever his girl name is relationship. And, you know, we have our pieces, da 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 da. And now that, you know, what, like, just say what it is. Just say what it is. I think she is. jumped out to divorce too fast, and that's actually what she wants. I feel like Way she could have just, just stuck it out with him one more time say what you need to say because honestly if your issue was like sex sexual you already had that type of open relationship with your husband you could have negotiated that you guys stay married and he just doesn't have sex with you anymore especially since show ass didn't didn't go and negotiate that damn post nut the least you could have did was negotiate the terms of the openness of your marriage the only thing she did focus on is those years because she hit it right on the mark. It's like, I need to stay she, X amount of years. And she, said, she said the uh, the uh, contract was for five years. We've been together eight. So technically, I get half of everything he owns. I have two children. That's an, You know what it gives? It gives. Have you ever seen the movie Liar Liar? Yes. You remember at the end when Jennifer Tilly won the $11 million and she was like, no, I'm contesting custody. That's another 10 grand in child support payments. And then she was like, that, um, that, um, Jim was like, you just won $11 million. And then she was like, so. Yes. That's what, that's what it's giving. It's like, it's a plan I still want that extra. Yes. Like, it it's seems like up. a I'm sky. everything I can. Yes. Yeah, it seems like this is a scheme. The time set up. I mean, when she really laid it out, when she laid out all the time on camera, it's like, Ashley, you're not even trying to hide it at this point. And I wish she would just own it because I think she, she knows exactly what she's in. She knows that we all know exactly what she's in, but she doesn't like the way that, that the conditions of owning that make her look. Especially yeah. now that she got kids by this man. She like, and it's like, girl, we would honestly like you so much more if you would just be like, look, look, this was my situation. This is what I was in. I was a young girl. I needed money. I was da 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 Y'all seen my family. Y'all know they crazy as hell. So, that's what we were begging for when he was out here pinching butts. It's like, Ashley, just tell us, blink twice. <laughs> we just will, blink we will twice and tell you. us he bisexual. Like, girl, you acting like it is 1998. Like people you could have been a pioneer like, like you could have been a pioneer on reality TV for the woman that dates a man that, that's bisexual in pop culture women can go out here and kiss women and swap spit with, with, with bitches all day long my girl got a girlfriend and it's all fine yep but a girl finds out that a dude let his homie suck his dick in college one time He's gay forever. And that's and finding out. No I feel like Ashley you. already knew. So like, I feel like why not just come out there if you knew? Right. Like, I feel like she knew the whole time. I feel like she went in knowing 
the situation because she's bisexual herself. I feel like they probably bonded over that and was like, well, listen, you do what you do over here. I do a little bit of doing over here. But so it's like, girl, just say what it is. That's another point of view that people are not speaking about for their relationship. And I feel like no one wants to be on Michael's side about this. But in reality, if I came into my relationship and I'm a bisexual man and my partner accepts that, and then we have two kids get X amount of years down the line and you automatically turn, I don't want this anymore, you can't do this anymore, I wouldn't appreciate that. I wouldn't Like, either. I married you knowing, you knew who I was when you married me. But that. you get to decide that you don't like it once the public can see it. I don't, I don't think that was fair to him exactly now all of a sudden you don't like the perception of how you look on tv and now all all of a sudden the lifestyle that we built for each other that we were completely complicit on now all of a sudden that doesn't work for you it was fine in the dark it was fine before you got married it was fine before you opened your restaurant it was fine before you had your babies but now it's an issue that's not fair exactly now on the opposite side of that do I feel like he should have brought his sexual proclivities to her workplace when they weren't openly discussing that? Meaning, you pinching the cameraman's asses, you pinching producers' asses, you know. He he definitely crossed the line. That's where you cross the line. Now, if you want to be out here on Grindr down to the London, that's your business. If you want to be out here in hotels with, with bitches, fine. But at least go to another town. At least do like Ralph does and go to Tampa. Right? Don't fuck another bitch right there in Atlanta. Like, go to Tampa. Go to... Like, this I've is never why seen I was, anything like, wilder than that, though. Like, the... You, the Ralph had the audacity. The, or, the, the unmitigated gall to look this woman for in the her people, face. For the people in the backseats who don't know, Tampa is the stripper capital of the U.S. Hello? What is a single man going to Tampa for? What are they married Unless I know you man have... going to Tampa for? Ooh, sing- Look at me. I'm. T- he wants to be single. Bad. <laughs> Real bad. Real what bad. What is a married man doing going to Tampa? Unless to I beach. know a business my husband has going on in this state, this is not. That's not going to be a peaceful trip. Ralph works in tech and does music and writes books about step parenting. What the fuck he got to be doing in Tampa that he can't do in Atlanta? or any other state or city or beach. Ralph said he went to the beach in Tampa. Why your ass, you you can go to Lake Lanier, you can go to the beach, you can go to Destin, Panama City. Hey, you can go, you to go nowhere. To, in the backyard and hose yourself down. Cause you're not going to Tampa by yourself. That's- <laughs> Y'all already live in a big ass house. Your ass couldn't go outside and lay by the damn pool with some noise canceling headphones on for a couple hours. Why the fuck did you need to get your ass up? And then on top of that, you trying to get the hell away from me so bad, but you out here watching me on ring cameras and shit? Like, what the fuck is that? Like, are you watching me on ring cameras while your assistant Kelsey is out here sucking your dick? Like, what's going on? Ralph. No, she coming back. (laughs) I'm just saying. And what happened to this assistant? Like, why y'all got... Why does Ralph and Drew have such big problems with assistants? I don't know Ralph what they got need an so much trying assistance to give, with. Why does she have a 12-person team and don't have one job? I'm looking at Candy running the whole world with Don Juan. Don <laughs> Juan 
And like, Drew, that's what it. are you doing? Drew got a and whole team and we ain't seen her do together. And we ain't seen Drew do shit since the TLC story. You dropping it with Drew. Meanwhile, you run a little little race and break in. And Drew it. ain't even dropping it. Drew Drew ran that race step two step step two steps and broke her fucking ankle. Anytime like, somebody you I and your weak ass on the track, but I know I'm not about to break my ankle if I do a little joggy jog. How you dropping it with Drew and you got them weak ass knees and all this shit that happened to you and you got the endometriosis and the extralosis and the exoskeleton <laughs> and the biopsy and the lumps and the fibroids and the uterus transplant and the like girl my you done had everything my favorite part they skipped past it and i don't know if the editors didn't catch it didn't notice but when she first came back from the hospital her ankle was not wrapped it, it, it was not she, then she the next day she got a whole damn cast with a cast it's like you came back with that ankle naked as the day you were born it's like where did naked. that cast come from where do all these injuries come from I naked and ashy <laughs> it's looking like how candy. How? Like, I don't understand. But you out here dropping it with Drew. Like, what do you need all the... Oh, why do you need all these people on your team? Especially when they out here try to fuck your husband and call your husband gay. Why is it that your husband's assistant is trying to give him massages and then your assistant is trying to call him gay on the low? I'm still what did the rest of your team have to say about this? Why do you need these assistants? Like that's what I be saying. Like what which one of these assistants you with? Which one of these assistants went to the store to get the doggy bone that you threw at the tone? Which one of these assistants? <laughs> they need to be fired and your ass need to be too. Because I'm trying to figure out how you paying for these people. You out here trying to figure out how Sheree paying bills, which was a valid question. I don't I don't understand how you walk in wearing a seven thousand dollar poncho, but your ass can't pay three three hundred and fifty. $50 for some balloons but we gonna digress on that because Sheree brags about not paying her bills but we gonna get to her in a second I'm trying to figure out how the hell your ass is sitting here we're doing all this but how are you paying these people because you only in your second season which means you at max is making $100,000 a year from this show I feel like it's part of the illusion like okay if I make myself look busy then maybe they'll want me for another season then I'll actually have business to need an assistant for but see that's but the so thing so far though. it all seems like an act like everything see, that's going on with her seems like an act we see all these people casually in the background like I thought it was production she had so many goddamn people in that room but yet like we don't see you ever doing anything no. I mean, no Drew came on this show as an actress. She came on as Drew. Sedora, Drew, Drew, Sedora, Drew. Sedora. She was the girl from the game that played herself. Right. Playing a whore. But. And now what do we have? Herself. Playing herself. <laughs> playing a gaslit ass housewife while his husband is out fucking whores. Okay. Cool. A whole mess. But, but I'm just trying to figure, like, you came on this show as an actress. Why ain't we seen you pick up one script? We saw you doing vocal exercises to, to get ready for a scene with Kenya, but we ain't seen you get ready for now audition. We ain't seen you go down to the... I, 
get your ass down to the Tyler Perry Studios. At least walk yeah. in the building and I mean, try to get an appointment. Atlanta? You're in. Why are you here if you're not trying to get on a Tyler Perry show? Demetria McKinney came on Real Housewives of Atlanta on a Tyler Perry show. She was boring as shit. She was giving real Deshaun Snow teas, but at least she came on. We saw she was an actress. She she was out here doing something. She went to Jamaica to do studio. You know, like she went out here to perform. Like we actually saw her doing the stuff that she was doing. You just out here talking about the shit that you're doing, but you like. Here's the thing. You said you owned this business at first. Yet every time somebody asks you a question about dropping with Drew, you're trying to get your business partner on the phone. One. Two, you said in your confessionals at the beginning, you told the truth and said that you was the face of the company. Then you tried to tell all these people just like you tried to lie and say you lost 25 pounds in 30 days. And then your Instagram and the editors told on your ass when you really lost 10. Oh, okay. I just don't understand. What the hell does Drew want us to believe? And why does the and why do people like her think we're so fucking stupid? She's kind of like what I was saying about Crystal. Like, did you not watch reality TV or did you not realize that especially Bravo, they have such a strong fan base? That these She's people a- are fully aware. They're not trying to get BS by somebody. They know if we don't see your real life matchup with what you show on the show, that we're gonna call you out on it. So I don't know what she was thinking. Like, she's an actress. Like, you didn't prepare for this role? Act like a housewife. Act like you have something going on with you. I, like, I, 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 I just, I don't understand. I just, I don't, I don't get it. And then on top, why do you think nobody understood why Sanya had such a problem with Drew? Did you understand why she didn't like Drew so much? I feel like I do. And I feel like people, a lot of people were stuck on the fact that she brought her on the show. That she Mm -hmm. originally came on as her friend. So they're like, well, why aren't... We don't see any friendly dynamics between them. So how did Mm -hmm. that happen? But I can understand. It's like, just because I came to meet people through you doesn't mean I'm going to accept any behavior you have while we're with them. Like, I still hold you accountable as your own person. And I feel like Drew just didn't want to have any of that from her. And as soon as she got wind of it, she basically just started icing her out. Icing Sonya out. Yeah, like, she just wanted an ally. And then as soon as Sonya was like, but listen, I, but, I, but I don't like when you did. It was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Sonya's like, I'm strong, but I'm not trying to fight Sheree. Like, right. Like, you, you could, even if you're going to be argumentative, like, Exactly. I'm not just gonna jump straight to fight in an OG from the cast. I'm not doing that. So I agree with Sonya. I would have let her fight that battle on her own. And if she didn't appreciate me telling her that she shouldn't have started that fight, then I would have just left her to still in her own misery. Like I came on the show as your friend, not as your ally, not as your backup, not 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 your flunky. And I just didn't understand why people were so confused by the fact that Sanya basically said, like, the bitch switched up on camera. She got her ass on camera, showed her ass. I didn't like it, so I moved no, around. I didn't ride with her. Simple. Why is that so, so many people take ride or die. They want to be ride or die so bad that they don't realize what they're riding with. 
Like, if I realize that this girl is not doing something I is doing something I don't like, then I'm not going to stick with her. And I agree if, with that. Like, use your own mind. They want you to just, if you were friends, you stay with them no matter what. That's not how you get along as an adult. If you ride in with somebody that could put you in the position to die, you may not want to get in. You may not want to get in the car with that person. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Like this whole ride or die concept, I don't like because. First of all, where we ride into and why I gotta die? Like, why is that even exactly. on the table? Why is that even in the conversation? Why is dying in the in the conversation? Like, how about we both be responsible <laughs> instead of you how about know, we go ride in the cheese? Like, what happened to divide and conquer? Like, why are we riding and dying? Like, what kind of ghetto shit is that? Exactly. If people say it, they say it loud and proud, and they think that it's the thing that they're supposed to do. It's like, no, enough with that. Follow Sonia. Have your own mind. And if you don't like something, just because you're friends with a person does not mean you need to stick with them. Exactly. How are you feeling about Marlo? I think Marlo gets in her own way. And it's unfortunate because there are a lot of... Like, she has good moments on the show. Mm-hmm. And she has those moments where you really want to sympathize with her. But I think mm-hmm. from years of being so reactionary, mm-hmm. she'll she's too quick to defend herself even in a situation that doesn't call for it so I feel like that's where she ends up in most of her conflicts with Kenya and if she could just slow her mouth down just just like half speed I feel like she would be a much better housewife I feel like her and Kenya are the same person I think they are to an extent but Marlo hasn't matured as much as Kenya has I agree with that like Kenya at the end of the day she knows when she's at work and she knows when she's just having a good time like Bravo I'm always at work so I'm not going to cross the line to the point where Andy's irritated with me to the point where I'm slowing down the episode to a standstill Mm -hmm. she's too Marlo will get to be too much about herself at times instead of realizing this is my opportunity I'm on camera do something to keep the episode going And then on top of that, I feel like they both weaponize their trauma in two different ways. I feel like Marlo will weaponize her trauma to play victim, and then Kenya will weaponize her trauma as a weapon. Like, she'll use it as a defense for why she does bad behavior, and Marlo will just use it to get you to feel sorry for her. But then at the same time, the reason why I feel like they're the same person is because they will do shitty things to each other and then justify it's because the other person did the exact same thing to them so it's like when very tit for tat tat. like when Kenya said you don't have um, you don't have to be taken away from from your boys You, you gave them away and then when people ask her why did you say that well look at what she said about my mom so if you're willing to hold this years long beef against her, if if, yeah. if you're you willing to say you'll never be, from, thank you. That's exactly what I'm saying. Why are you willing to stoop so low and commit the same behavior that you're willing to hold somebody and nail them to a cross for? I don't understand. When Candy altered Michelle Obama's quote, I feel like <laughs> the new quote applies to Marlo and Kenya because both of them as soon as they get the opportunity they're dragging it straight to hell there is no going straight to them. 
if, if you step on one of their toes, they will destroy you. They're going to read you. They're going to read your family. They're going to tell you who, who is not who they think they are around you. And it's unfortunate because it's like you don't have to go that far because people aren't actually trying to hurt you. But they take everything as a war. direct attack. Yes, everything is war. Everything is war. Like and it's like, girl, like it really don't. It really don't be that serious. It really don't be that serious. Like I just. I think geez. after Kenya had her daughter, she started realizing more that there are people who genuinely want the best for her mm-hmm. I think the relationship she has with Candy now is much better and I appreciate seeing her open up to the person and you know letting them in not being yeah. so stone faced with them and I think that Marlo she had her hiccups with the boys but I feel like after she really gets them settled in her household she's gonna start warming up to people genuinely caring about her I don't think that she's there yet. I, think, I still think that she's very closed off to the idea of anyone actually caring about her. Do you think that Marlo sent those boys away for 30 days so she can plan a cash trip and pussy pop and show off for the cameras for a little bit and then go get her boys when she was done filming? Because that's my I mean, conspiracy theory. I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. Because it just I seems think- real, real convenient to me. I think as in the position she's in, she didn't know how to balance being a parent and getting your alone time. Mm-hmm. So she went with the quick option of, okay, just give them to somebody else and then I'll come back for them later. So See, I definitely I'll... think it was part of it, a timing issue. Like she didn't know what to do with them while she was on the show. So she put them somewhere until she had time. So what have you been doing these past three years when you've had the boys and been on the show? Because it's not like Marlo just got those boys before she got to Peach. Like, so why, so, so, because I personally feel, this is just my opinion, I feel like she used those boys for a storyline, but she did it in the completely opposite way of the way that she should have, right? I feel like you literally sat here and dropped those boys out and as you said kicked them the fuck out just like her wording made it worse her wording made it worse and then next thing you know she plans a cast trip all about herself this self-serving ass cast trip and then you've had these boys for all these years and the reasons why you're talking about you put the boys out it seems like over the past three, four years that you've had them in your home, you would have figured out how to acclimate them and yourself to this home. Like, you've been dealing with this all this time. So why does it seem like, why? Like, yeah. it just seems like she's acting like she's newly adjusting to having these boys. And it's like, bitch, they've been in your house. One, you were already around them. And two, teenage They're boys your blood. It's not like foster children you picked up on like, the street. Exactly. These this ain't Michael or from the blind These are your nephews. You know them, and you also know men. If there's anybody on that cast that knows men, it's Marlo. So for her to have the reaction she's having to them being maybe a little too messy in the house, a little too rough in the house, like what do you expect from boys who are turning into men? And they she said it. herself, she's a tomboy. She's one of the boys. She grew up around all boys. Da 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 da. Like, yeah, so you should be used to it and ready for it. It might be tough because you've never had to day-to-day handle 
kids you're because she's not a mom but when you decided to bring them in i feel like she should have been more lenient with them and if she had issues she should have went to people to get advice on how to handle it instead of sending them away and focusing on herself right because what confuses me if she tries to throw out well i didn't you know I didn't get the chance to take foster parent classes. I didn't get a chance to do this. I didn't get a chance to do that. Da, da, da. It, it, it's like, but Marlo. Don't. There's so many situations parents in the world ch- where they don't get parenting classes. Yeah, like, there are parents out here getting pregnant by accident every day and not taking one class to get ready for, but nobody's parenting and out here figuring it out. One. Exactly. So that's not an excuse. And then two, they've been in your home for almost four years at this point. Why have you not taken the time to go and do that while you out here going and getting them iPhones and draping them in Gucci and Dior and Prada and Louis and taking them on trips to Dubai and all of this shit? Why didn't you take their ass to therapy? Why didn't you take their ass to family counseling? Why didn't you take their ass to that same damn pastor your ass took them to this? Like, what is, like, what? It just it just seems like the way Barlow's acting, it seems like she got those boys two months ago. She had one problem with them and she sent their ass on somewhere. Yeah, and the reality lining up with what we're seeing on TV just makes it worse. Because if that, people really believe she just had the kids, then they might be a little lenient with it. She didn't know what she was doing. She got in over her head. But if you had them, you've been in their lives, and you did that to them anyway with the back with the story that you have with the story that you, you, you have of, of being kicked the fuck out right because you weaponize it and use it as a plea for sympathy you sat in candy's face and sat here and said that she should know better because you were a foster child and she was raised by a family and she knows better so why won't you apply that same thinking to what you put, put those boys to by throwing them the fuck out in the exact same way that the, that you told that story on, on the reunion fake crying to andy's ass yeah and that phone call that she did with her sister on camera, like you're getting a lot of sympathy from people because they felt bad watching your sister talk to you the way you were saying she was talking to you, being rude, not really wanting to speak to her kids. So people are really sympathizing with what's happening here just to find out that you would turn around and add and to the, the trauma exact... that they're already dealing with. Thank like you. you're going to be the adult in the situation. You're going to take in the kids. You need to be the adult. You can't go back and forth. Let me get a little me time. And then I'll come back to being a mom sometimes. That's not fair to those kids. It's not at all. Like, I don't get that. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Quad saw her nephew. She's like, his mother is still fully in the picture. And I'm still going to come and get my nephew. Because this is what I want to do. I'm not going to give him up. And I applaud Quad for the way she's handling that. I agree. Like, I agree. I was like, Quad, you do it the damn thing. Now, speaking of Quad, what happened to that baby? Excuse me. You remember in the off season between season eight and season nine, Quad was posting on social media about she had this little newborn girl that was coming into her life and she was getting ready to start taking care of this baby. And she was posting on social media and then all of a sudden the baby just disappears out of nowhere. And then when the cameras pop up, it's Mason at the house, this grown ass man trapped in a little boy's body. Cause Mason is a grown ass man. That is definitely a man. 
That is a that man is a with a job. He works nine to five. He has billable hours. He is a partner at a fucking. He is William Dent. <laughs> that man is yeah. William. He is. He Dent. is ready with a four hundred one k. He is with a four hundred one k full retirement plan. He got a crocodile Kelly on the waiting list for you. Hold on. Can we talk about how William was buying Birkins back in the early two thousand? Lily. <laughs> Can we talk about that black lunch? that black luxury for a second of like William having a Croc Kelly on waiting list for his mama and, and like Joan feeling free enough as the black woman that works at a white law firm to wear bamboo earrings to work. This is why they had to cancel that. Iconic. They didn't want they didn't want us to see. They didn't want us to see that. They didn't want us that's why they had Tony ass out here struggling for the Range Rover getting slung off a damn truck and I hear um, writing bad checks to folks' mamas for a damn curve. Notice how she was the dark skinned girl on the show. I'm just saying. Just saying. Do you feel like Candace is held to an unrealistic standard on the show based on her behavior due to the colorism that they don't want to talk about? Oh, what do you mean specifically? Because I feel like there are like three different answers for that question. Here's what I'm. What, what, here's directly what I'm asking. I feel like Candace's actions on this show specifically are held to a much higher standard by the girls on the show and also the fans of the show, whereas her co-workers and counterparts on the show like green eyes slap wig Giselle can get away with questioning the paternity of somebody's child going after somebody's marriage six out of seven seasons and doing all of this like like really evil malicious shit that is antagonistic and direct and malicious yet Candy 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 <laughs> defending herself on the show but being better at reading better at giving comebacks better at the like she she returns serve better than anybody else on that show yet she is held to the standard of oh she goes too far my only issue with Candace is that she's not prepared to back her mouth up and that's my only issue with her but in regards to her and the rest of the cast, I definitely feel she is held to a higher standard. They want her to be accountable for everything that comes out of her mouth. They want her to be accountable for things that come out of other people's mouths. Meanwhile, Giselle and Robin run wild. And run wild. And the problem that I don't think a lot of people are seeing with Candace is that they are expecting her they are sitting here antagonizing Candace for the way that she defends herself, yet you are justifying people coming at her any old type of way. Y'all don't speak to, to the people who put her in the in the position to defend herself in the, in the way that she does. Don't you think somebody would have that amount of vitriol or that, am- that amount of veracity if the person who was coming at them in the first place was attacking them below the belt? Absolutely. Because people don't hold Giselle 
accountable. They don't hold Ashley accountable. Ever. Everything becomes an issue for Candace, and it's not fair. Do I think that she puts her foot in her mouth as well? Sure. Mm-hmm. But everyone should be allowed to. Like, we yeah. give Giselle all the grace in the world to say and do the most ignorant things that she wants to do on camera. So if she does it, I feel like they should back off of Candace a little bit. I mean, she wasn't mm-hmm. my favorite housewife. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I felt that during the off like off season, when Giselle and Robin were making the comments that they made about James Harden, mm-hmm. that there should have been some type of backlash. Something yeah. that happened. And then there was nothing. So I feel like if there is another issue with Candace, I really don't care how she handles it because she's fighting it's one man against the entire cast. And for that part. That part. That part. And she's sitting here being told that she has to monitor and control the way that she responds to people blatantly attacking her. Yeah, that's not right. Like this season when Giselle brought up the issue with Chris, I would have I would have reacted the exact same. I'm, I'm not playing this game at all with you. Oh, so this I'm is not what playing we're doing? the game with the show. I would have let production know as well. It's like if we bring my husband up again, it's going to be an issue. There will be no episode because I'm going to keep on talking to production. I'm going to talk to the cameraman. We're not doing this. Y'all going to get a whole want. season of nothing but fourth walls. Keep playing. Now, with when me. Monique wants to bring Eric out her mind and talk about Jamal, and his own number, to sit on the couch and, and blink. That. So it's like if you don't have to fight your battles, don't make Candace fight fight this one. And then she had the nerve to get her ass on Carlos King's podcast and say the reason why she didn't respond to that is because the relationship that she has with um, Jamal and, you know, that his situation with him being the father of her kids and the set of the third, that's not for the TV. She doesn't have to, to respond to that on TV. But yet she built her entire status on this show about attacking people's marriages and making them answer or questioning them about shit that's not her fucking business. Nor they the audience. because she's messy, but to me that's one of the reasons why she's not great reality TV. Correct. I don't like the cast member who can only talk about other people's problems. It's right. like you can see your house. It's on fire. That man is doing things and we could all see it, but we're not allowed to talk about it. That's not fair. Then the next second when something's happening to another cast member, you want to jump down Wendy's throat. You want to jump down Candace's throat. You want to tell Ashley when she should get divorced. But we can't exactly. talk about Jamal. But we can't so. talk about Jamal and the fact that Monique announced his entire phone number on television. And you don't want to talk about that. You don't feel like that's important to, to talk about. But yet you wanted to, to, to try to question the paternity of her child. You wanted to try to say that her husband is an aggressive ass black man and that's why you brought security once in the show because he analogized himself to a trans woman now all of a sudden he's aggressive to black women or he's now all of a sudden dangerous yet you filmed with him since he said that that oh, okay. was a moment like Marlo on the reunion same thing mm-hmm. with Giselle you can't provoke a man and speak on him in public and then tell him he's not allowed to respond to you that is so inappropriate when Marlo was attacking Candy's husband and then as soon as Todd said a word Marlo's oh I don't have a man here with me it's like no 
If you felt confident enough to speak to them or speak about them in public, they have every right to respond to you the way they see fit. Exactly. And if you feel exactly. like you need a man there, well then get a husband because you already said it. So they're coming to respond. Get a fucking husband. I feel the exact same way about Kenya when she sat here and called Ross aggressive, but then in the exact same breath said that she felt jealous or 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 envious of her because she didn't have a man there to do the exact same thing for her. So what you're saying is is that if Mark Daly had his fine, fine, pretty nineties RB looking ass there to defend you, then what Ross would have did would have been okay. But now because Joe ass done ran him off, now all of a sudden he's aggressive. And you're willing to represent that characteristic of something that that you would want as aggressive to America in this social climate. That's what you're doing, Kenya? It's like you also need to be mindful of the fact that Bravo's audience is mixed. We're white women are watching this the same way black women are. And exactly. Black women promote the idea that black men are violent and aggressive, especially when they're being provoked. Like we already have enough situations where they look bad in the public eye. The last thing they need people need to see is a black woman provoking a black man and then turning around and calling him violent and aggressive for responding to her. Especially when you just sat here and questioned a woman's activism for standing up and fighting for the unarmed murder of black men and women just a couple seasons ago. Like, like, I don't understand how Kenya can sit here and question Portia using being on the number one show on a fucking network to promote something like Black Lives Matter. Excuse me, but correct me if I'm wrong. I could have sworn that that's what celebrities do they use their platforms to promote their causes. They use their platforms to bring awareness to, to the causes that are important to them. What happened to the day? When, when she was trying to bully Nini into donating to her charity, she had no problem mentioning the charity by name on TV. So on like, TV. Don't act, don't act like it's something new now because you're not the person. Right. And then like, why would you even question that? Like, like at the end of the day, like, you're on a national TV show. Why would you not want her? Like, I could see it if you questioned her using her show to prom- to promote Pampered by Portia Sheep. Exactly. So this is bigger than Didn't her. say shit about Black Lives Matter. But Kenya, we didn't see you out here doing shit except questioning her. You didn't use your motherfucking platform to speak out. But yet you want to question the fact that she got all these followers and all these viewers watching the show every motherfucking week to to speak out about the show. And you want to question her out here actually doing what an activist does, using their platform to raise awareness. That's actually what I say. You're not going to be the best cast member if all you have to bring is talking about what someone else is actively doing. So you have to be doing something on your own. You can't just be trying to tear Portia down. It's like, okay, you're tearing her down, but what did you try what did you bring to the table? Nothing. Explain this to me. How is it okay for Kenya to use the show to promote Kenya more hair care, but it's wrong for Portia to use the show to promote Black Lives Matter? Jealousy. 
it's like you feel that Portia is gonna get more attention and you feel like you are only gonna get a small portion of attention of people who actually want hair care versus the press that Portia got for doing the protest and at the end of the day you should be ashamed of yourself because it's not about whose face is on the front of the blog who's attached to the article you should who's be more the center peach exactly you should care about the cause even people now saying oh black lives matter is a scam like maybe an organization but black lives mattering is not a scam exactly why wouldn't you want to promote that thank you like at the end of the day like don't let the don't let the don't let the organization take away from from the validity of the movement and then it pisses me off more that the people who are directly contradicting these things on TV are black housewives. Yes. Black people like, in general, it's happening all over TV and it's outrageous. It's happening so all think, over TV. There are so many charities and different organizations that have not helped the people that they claim to help. And we don't see anybody talking about it. We've had different fundraisers where like say help for Haiti mm-hmm. and then you see after hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations were sent in seven homes were built after wow. after the earthquake so it's like if we are going to attack charities for collecting money and not using it properly why did we as a community have to start with a black organization right that's why I couldn't take him it's like there are so many people getting just completely screwed over, lied to, robbed, and your first issue was to pick apart someone who's helping Black Lives Matter? Prime example, your best friend is a gay man. Shout out to Brandon. But yet, I've never seen you question the Red Cross about why they refuse to take blood donations from people who have slept with the same sex. Never once. I've never heard never seen you said a goddamn thing about that. I've never seen any organization that would help that community come out of your mouth on the show. We've never seen you do anything to help nobody else. And then on top of that, she she sat here and tried to press um, homegirl about writing the um, check to the Detroit um, public schools. I ain't never seen her ass do no goddamn work with the Detroit public schools her damn self. The only time I've seen her ass around Detroit is when she got locked out of her mama house. That's the problem with reality TV and social media. It's like, you can say what you want on TV, but if we don't see it in real life, you're going to, you know, get bumped down a notch next season. Your credibility is off. And it just doesn't make a good episode. I can't watch Candy doing everything that Candy's doing. And then everybody else in the cast has nothing going on. Nothing going on. Candy started a new business every fucking season. Candy's out here putting black people on Broadway. She putting black people on Broadway. For black people, it's outrageous. She has a whole foundation where we see her giving back. We see her putting her kids on. Her whole son's YouTube channel is about giving back to people. to, To folks' kids. Ace plays and gives away. He all the toys that that he plays with on his YouTube channel, he gives away. Exactly, and she has restaurants in her communities, more jobs feeding people. So I need the rest of them to step it up. 
So you well, can't yeah. spend all your time tearing each other apart if I don't see the actual good work. We see what, what the fuck is Sh- What the fuck is Sheree done for anybody besides not pay her bills? What the fuck has Marlo done for anybody except throw her damn blood relatives out? What is it like? What is Marlo had me from that Confederate flag outfit? Honestly, like I, I always try to like her, but then it just pops up in my head again. It's just like, dang, I wish I didn't see that. Damn, but yet you want to be the fashion girl. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sympathize girl. with her. I'm trying to feel bad when she's saying that, you know, like, oh, well, archives and all that. So I want to see you win, but I didn't I forget about see, that. I want to see you win, but I want to see you win in a way that makes sense. And I don't understand yes. how you want people buying brand new designer clothes for the girls in your foundation, but yet you want to curate an entire business where you upsell rental pieces from your own personal collection and get away with it. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, you, like you've created a whole business off of used clothes, yet you want to shame somebody for giving donations. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, like, exactly. like I'm they trying to get the be lo- more consistent. Like, I'm trying to get the logicing of that. Like, like, the logic of that. Because she said that she wants the girls at her foundation to have something, have something new, right? But why are you sitting here charging all these people these expensive ass prices, these up these upmarked prices for to rent used clothing? It's a mess, and that's one of the reasons why she becomes such an issue when it comes to liking her as a housewife. Like if you were consistent, if I see you actually trying to get better, trying to do better then I can say, yeah, I want to support you. But you want to do better, then you want to attack people. Then you want to do better, then you want to overcharge people. So it's too much inconsistency with me and Marla. This is the same person who turned down a peach her second season on the show and then spent the next 10 years begging for it and then tried to spend her first season as a housewife playing the sympathy card about, I don't know why they didn't want to make me a peach holder. Bitch, they did. You came on in season four, and then in season five, they they tried to offer you a peach, and you turned it down. And then all of a sudden, you saw what that check do, and then you you spent the next ten years begging for a peach. Yeah, what Todd said when they went to Africa, when he said that she paid for herself, like I believe all of that. I believe she thought she was bigger than the opportunity that she mm-hmm. realized she wasn't, and had to basically pay her way onto the show. Yeah. And now that she's here, like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. And she's realizing she's going to have to come up with a more consistent storyline that makes sense. She has to sell herself as a person and become a likable cast member. And I really don't think that she thought that part through. I don't either. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from reality TV? I mean, I would say to do things like there's always a hot mic. Mm. Like we, we see like the moment with Wendy when she was talking about Mia. Mm-hmm. Like just be more mindful of yourself and how you're speaking about people. It's like, yeah, you can just go and trash anybody, but there might be someone who was there and just remembers what you said, someone who reported it and can play back what you said. So like you just need to be more, more mindful of yourself and consistent with what you're putting out. 
and if you agree to be an entertainer then you kind of have to keep that thick skin and take whatever comes your way right my last question for you I am going to ask you the question that anybody who is a fan of Bravo, anybody who's ever been on Watch What What Happens Live, anybody who engages in the Bravo fandom gets asked. What's your tagline? I feel like I should come with it. All that glitters isn't gold, but these bitches are gold diggers. Okay. (laughs) You better tell them all. All that glitters isn't gold. So some of you girls just need to stop digging. Oh, there we go. There we go. There it is. There it is. There it is. Like I'm trying to think of like what is the censored version of this? So they're not gonna run that on TV. (laughs) Right. There it is. All that glitters isn't gold, so some of you girls just need to stop digging. I can hear the twinkle and see the intro lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I I Listen, your tagline is will definitely run before mine does. Because <laughs> I've settled on this tagline and I'm not changing it. Like, I have a backup tagline just in case they force me, even though I don't think Bravo is stupid enough to hire me as a housewife. But I, my first, right, (laughs) my first tagline would be, I'm totally not aggressive, just black. (laughs) You should be a a housewife in New York. Point blank. Point blank. They they need that. They need all of that on that. Yes. Yes. Now, if they force me to come up with a backup tagline, mine would be, now I'm still young enough to grow, but old enough to know. Okay. I feel like that one could shift over to Beverly Hills. It's C. Okay. Applicable taglines, honey. Mm-hmm. I like it. Thank you. Well, listen, this has been an amazing conversation. I appreciate that we just kind of got into shooting the shit and just got into, like, a real general conversation about reality TV. I kind of just let the questions kind of fall by the wayside. You've been a great talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd love to have been on your show, and I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. I would love to have you back. I do uh, a um, reality recap segment on my show, which is where I have friends of the show come back and just kind of recap their realities, talk about what's been going on with them, talk about what shows they've been watching, whether it's new, old, past, current, whatever. And we just shoot the shit about what's going on in the news and the blogs and the headlines and the things and, you know, hang out. So I would love to have you back for that. Forward to it. Absolutely. Let the people know where they can find you. 
you can find me on Instagram at After Bravo. I will be lurking in the comment sections. Anything Bravo related, you'll find me there. Yes. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night and I will be sliding in your DMs so we can talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much, love. Talk later. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, everybody, that was my conversation with C from After Bravo. I hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation that we had, and I hope that you guys either gained a new perspective on what it's like to be an audience member of color within the Bravo fan base or have had your feelings validated. I think that it's important to have these conversation and a, these conversations and express this nuance within the fandom because I feel like when it comes to shows like The Real Housewives or shows curated from Bravo's perspective, I feel like with the majority of reality television as a whole, with the majority, it seems like a lot of it is curated towards the Caucasian gaze or it's curated from a Caucasian perspective. And a lot of the times, the only people who feel seen, protected or heard are the white viewers because it's curated from a white perspective. And there's a le- there's a lack of importance or focus put on the audience of color and how they would feel about the things that are being seen on television. So I hope that that raises the conversation between you and your friend group about, you know, how do you feel as a person of color or how do your friends of color feel watching Bravo shows and seeing certain things like microaggressions and nuances and racial imbalances and biases being portrayed on the show without any form of trigger warning, any form of thought process or further care taken to anyone. You know what I'm saying? It further backs up the the conversation that I have all the time about, you know, when it comes to minorities of other looks or demographics or or circumstance, it seems like other minorities are always taken into account faster than people of color. You know what I'm saying? I just had this conversation when it came to Kanye West and the Jewish community being completely rallied around and the world stopping for Kanye West when it comes to his anti-Semitism, but nobody batting an eyelash when it comes to his anti-blackness. I feel like people only see, see actions as problematic when they are pitched or um, resonated with people who they feel like they can relate to. And anytime that people see problematic behavior that doesn't directly relate to them as a person, they turn a blind eye to it until it is being inflicted on somebody who they can, you know, connect with. And I feel like that is problematic and it's prejudice all in itself. So... With that being said, I appreciate you all for being here. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Make sure you follow C at After Bravo. Make sure you follow this podcast at Real Reality Realness on Instagram. Make sure you follow the sister pod, Housewives History, at housewiveshistory.ms. Follow me and my co-host at Sean Ellis Rogers and Real Housewives in Healing. 
and leave us a five-star rating. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all of the thank the thank the thank the things, leave us great reviews, leave us comments, do all of the things and just let us know what you think about our show and what you want to expect from me and my sister podcast in the future. So I love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Make sure that you guys be real. Stay in reality. Excuse me. Make sure you guys always be real. Stay in reality and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I'll see you later. Love you. Bye. Peace.